0: This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to the Innovates Podcast featuring speaker and innovation expert, Michael Mode. We bring you innovation on the eights with new episodes posted every day that ends in eight, the eighth, 18th, and 28th of the month. The Innovates Podcast is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. For more information about Michael Mode and his corporate speaking and consulting services, please visit Innovates.com. That's dot com or BigLightBulb.com. And now, get ready for another creative conversation with your host, Michael Mode.
1: Welcome to another episode of Innovates. I'm your host, Michael Mode, and I'll be talking today with Dr. Gene Poor, who is a uh, highly uh, respected professor down at Bowling Green State University in Ohio, where he teaches entrepreneurship and creativity. And if you've been to a uh, museum or a theme park or a science center in the last 25 years, chances are that you've uh, seen something that his company, Life Formations, has uh, built and created He started that company years ago, and they've become a world leader in animatronics and uh, lifelike figures. I'd like to welcome one of the uh, most creative and interesting people I know to the uh, show, Dr. Gene Poor. How are you doing, Gene?
2: Very well, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, that
1: wonderful introduction. Well, thanks for taking the time today to talk with us. Now, uh, we talked a little bit about life formations in the intro there. And tell me about that company that you created, and the work that you do, and uh, some of your clients.
2: Well, it, it started about 1990. I, 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 I previously had, had been to the World's Fair, and had seen uh, the you know the Lincoln character that Disney had created, and it, it, it was inside of me that uh, that's just a machine, and I could make one of those. And so I was consulting for a company. And I I was bugging them uh, to, to, why don't you try this? Why don't you try this at your trade shows, Uh, creating a character like Disney had done? And finally, I convinced them to do it. And I learned how to do it with him. And then I had an opportunity to start a company. And and we were just doing, you know, you you never know what's going to happen as an entrepreneur. You just don't. And uh, I thought, well, if we sell one of these a month, we'll be lucky. Well, now we're selling hundreds, and it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, we, we were basically working in a 10-mile radius just doing the, the local corporation stuff, and now we're doing it all over the world. We've right. got projects in Singapore, Shanghai, Dubai, everywhere.
1: And, and you've created animatronics and uh, different uh, figures for Disney and, and Universal and, and what other companies around the world.
2: Absolutely, yeah. It, it's Disney. We just finished the project for Disney. We just—I'm sure I'm not supposed to talk about this, but we're <laughs> very secretive. The Peter at Disney. Pan ride. Yeah. yeah, the Peter Pan and ride. Really, the Peter. Pan Yeah, yeah. That's one of their mainstays. You know, that's one of the things that, that was a benchmark of when they started Disneyland, and they're—they're uh, they're creating it for all their parks now. Wow. And. Uh, Yeah, that that was a really big project. Dubai is kicking off a really big amusement park as well, and uh, they're taking them on. But we've got something probably in in all the the Disney parks uh, in the world. We've got something in all the uh, other Universal parks in the world as well.
1: It's amazing. And and if people go to the Life Formations website, they can see examples of these characters. And these characters, some of them look like real people. I mean, you can't tell the difference.
2: Yeah, and it's really funny because that's what we're known for. We're actually known for realism, and you know everybody, all the animatronic companies in the world, and there's probably uh, maybe a dozen, uh, and each one of us have a niche, and our niche has historically been to make the most realistic character. And when Disney acknowledges that, boy, that's 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 as good as it's gonna get. Right, you've got the best in the
1: world doing, uh, asking you to do the work, so that's uh, quite a compliment. Now, we met, um, well, a few years ago now. You built – I collect coin-operated machines. You know that, but the listeners probably right. don't. And uh, I've got some interesting things. And you've built some machines for a mutual friend of ours, Marvin right. Yagoda, who owns Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum uh, in Farmington Hills, Michigan. And yeah. we met that way. And then you, uh, you were kind enough to invite me down to speak to some of your classes at Bowling Green – University. Oh yeah, yeah. You teach creativity and You're, entrepreneurship.
2: Exactly. You're my closer. You make me look better than I really am. <laughs> well, I have save to say. you for the last. Week of class, and you are you knock it out of the park, and, you, and my my teacher evaluations go up uh, tenfold when you hit the floor. Oh, well, that's kind of wonderful, you. wonderful, wonderful
1: job. Well, w- when I get there, I can always tell the classes uh, just really like you, and you're you're highly respected, and they they think the world <laughs> of you, and. Um, Talk a little bit about the program you started there, because you were instrumental in starting the entrepreneurship program at the university, weren't yeah,
2: you? Yeah, yeah. I actually, um, yeah, I was at the right place at the right time. I was over in, in the College of Technology, and, and I had been starting businesses. This goes back about 10 years ago. And, uh, and I was walking around with, with basically a target on my back, because the faculty were going, quit starting businesses, stick to the knitting, just be a, just be a teacher. And, you know, as fate would have it, uh, the, the College of Business was starting up an entre- entrepreneur program, and they were looking for an entrepreneur, and somebody said, you've got one on this campus, why don't you bring him over? And, and it, it, it's been a fantasy ride. Yeah. Uh, they, they actually moved my faculty position over here into the College of Business. And then, I, then, then I've, I, I've built it up until we're doing about 300 students a semester now take the beginning entrepreneur classes, and I developed it into a five-course sequence. So anybody on campus can actually take this entrepreneur minor, and uh, and so we get them from everywhere, and uh, and we're, we're starting. We've started to you know spreading out even more and offering a, a more vertical program for the art department, and now just recently for the music department. So. The the entrepreneur program at Bowling Green is really really taken off. And right, it's, it's been fun to be at the helm or one of the people at the helm of this thing to, to develop it.
1: And and it was started by uh, who's the uh, the big benefactor that uh, that gave the money oh, for them.
2: Yeah, I carry his name as a matter of fact. Scott Hamilton, the, the uh, figure skater, the Olympic, yeah, yeah, the Olympic skater. Uh, he donated a, a big amount of money. I'm not sure that I'm allowed to say anything about that, but he uh, he donated uh, enough money that we could really uh, be able to do some great things with our program. Right. And so I carry his name actually.
1: <clears throat> I'm the Scott Hamilton Endowed Professor. Well, so he's a graduate of Bowling privileged. Green as well, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was a student here and, and uh and and he was he had, had poor health, Michael, in the beginning of his life, and they found out that he could breathe better in, in cold environments. So they would take him to the skating rink. And and, and that was the beginning of his career, uh, of of ultimately becoming an Olympic going wow. skater.
1: Isn't that amazing how the life takes yeah. a turn and uh because Absolutely. of one thing he found what he was good at. It reminds me of the story about Jacques Cousteau who uh, I think he was in poor health and couldn't, couldn't uh, pass the test to go to the Army. So they recommended that he started swimming, and that's when he fell in love with the ocean. And, oh, isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's really really great.
1: You just got to keep your eyes open and look for the opportunities, I guess. That's the lesson yeah. there.
2: One of, my, you know, one of the things that I used to have to do, I don't have to do very much of it anymore, but I used to have to do advising. And that, that has to be the hardest thing in the world is to help a help a student figure out who, what they want to become, who they mm-hmm. are and what they want to become. And one of my lines was always, you know, what were you, what were you doing when you were five years old and your mom called you for lunch and you didn't want to go? There's something <laughs>
1: there. That's There's a-
2: something right there that's, that's inside of you in your DNA that, that that could change your life. You what know? you would
1: love to do, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you've written books on uh, entrepreneurship and creativity. And another one of the examples that you give, it's the title of one of your books, and it goes back to childhood <laughs> with the crayon. Talk about that a little bit. Because <laughs> yeah. that's another great lesson, I think, that people can take. Because everyone pretty much starts out creative, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And, and then yeah. we kind of oh, yeah. lose it along the way or... It yeah. gets buried
2: in the creativity class. I I just believe that I'm not I'm not teaching creativity. I'm just helping them rediscover the creativity that, that that's latent inside of them. You know, it's it, it, it's incredible because everybody is born creative. That's how you learn how to walk, talk, ride your bike. Everything you are as a human being in terms of the skills that you have. We're, we're, we're a function of the creative ability that you had then. And then what happens is that that educators, and I take the blame for that, beat it out of you, you know, and and your family beats it out of you. Your peers beat it out of you. Everybody beats it out of you. And these are the facts. This is the way it's done. Uh, You know, there's only one way to do it. Um, And then, so, I, I wrote this book called Stick It Up Your Nose. And basically what I – the premise of the book was is if you take a crayon out and take a big sniff out of it, it'll take you back to when you were like five and six and seven years old because your olfactory – your smell sense is connected right to your memory. I don't know if you – ever. I used to tell – Michael, I used to tell all my friends, blindfold me and take me to different people's houses and they'll tell you who, who lives there. Sure. So I could just by their smell. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing what the smell will do to you, especially you know, if I, you
1: have a, an Italian yeah. grandmother like I did, who used to love to cook. <laughs> you know, I wish I could go back and you know record those smells and just just oh, go yeah. back to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's the premise of the book: is that, that what we're going to do is relearn what you already did, you know, and, and that you already had, and it's it's a process that 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 is uh, every time I start it. It's the most exciting class to start. We're getting ready in, in two weeks. I'm, I'm already uh, starting to get my energy level up to go, okay, now, how are we going <laughs> to do it this time? You know, and What's the challenge? Well, halfway through, yeah. I, I go, oh, I don't I'm don't on the right track or not. But then I bring you in, and you close it, and then I win.
1: So <laughs> what's the uh, what do you think the challenge is uh, what obstacles are you trying to overcome with the students that are coming in and do they think they're creative or are they, are, you know how are we doing with uh, creativity
2: Oh this a is a tough based? generation like oh this is the toughest one I've ever worked with and I've been teaching for 100 years And why do you think uh, that is I I think that I think this is the generation that is that you know they I, this is not my tag but I agree with it. This is the trophy generation. This is a generation got, that got a trophy when they were born, and you know anything they did was was celebrated. Lose whatever it was, and they they have a bar that is so high uh, that 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 they're always groveling to get. You know, I mean, if you look at Maslow's chart, you know we were happy enough to be if if we were lucky enough in life. To, to be in love with somebody, that would be really great. Right. This generation, they all want to be self-actualized. Right. And that self-actualization process, I think it's right in the way of being creative, because the fear of being wrong, the, that, that fear of screwing up, that fear of being embarrassed in front of somebody. I have this thing, and I wish it were mine, but I've stolen most of all my ideas. And this is a quote that I heard from somebody I think, I think, I don't know if this is one of Rowan's or not, but it, it's, I, it's called the 18 40, 60 rule. At 18, you worry about everything and everybody and what they think about you. And then when you get to be 40, you don't really care what other people think about you. And then when you get to be 60, you realize that nobody was really caring about you at all. They were all worried about themselves. And what we have in a classroom now is we have a, really a group of people who are worried about it. Everything about the way people
1: perceive. It. well, and and the fear of failure is real. I, I find that with a lot of companies and a lot of people I work with is that, and especially when you've gotten an initial success, you feel the need that you have to maintain that success or outdo yourself. Oh, yeah, and that oh, failure is yeah. there. And now when you fail, you fail online. And it's it's worldwide, you know. It's a viral video. If you fail, oh yeah. So oh, I think yeah. that the class, you know, the classes that you teach now, they come from this, uh, you know, that generation of everything is oh, out yeah. there. So you either win big or you sure. fail big. So there are there are oh, a lot yeah. of risks.
2: It, it's it's you know I, I'm the dreamer on campus. I'm the guy that I've literally had had emails from parents going, just shut up. <laughs> because they, they really, because they, all they really want for their kid is to have them have a job in health insurance. And I'm going, you know, I want you to find the life that I had. You know, I, I, I don't know why, but I was lucky enough in life to be able to do what I wanted to do and somebody was willing to pay me for it. And, what do and you, I always yeah. ask them that question. How many people do you know do that? I mean, I just heard a statistic that 75% of the people that are in the workforce are not engaged and not happy and not fulfilled in what they're doing. Do you, and I always say, do you want to be one of them? Well, you're in charge. You know, it's your life. It, you live the life you choose. And, uh, and so consequently, I, one of the two things that I do in, in the entrepreneur class is I, I not only teach people uh, – this is, this is how silly it is, Michael – I'm in front of 300 people, and the majority of them have never had a job, okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to teach them how to start a business. So I always go into that giggling, going, wow, this is really something. Half of them, over half of them have never had a job, and we're going to talk about starting a business. But more importantly, I talk about the entrepreneur spirit. Uh, that spirit is really can summed up in three words. I'll, is it three words? I'll find a way. Maybe four. I'll find a way. Right. And that I'll find a way is the essence of creativity. You know, I mean, yeah. that's that, that notion. I, in fact, one of the things I say in the entrepreneur class, I said, I, entrepreneurship is so similar to creativity, I think they're the same thing. So what I'm really doing in the entrepreneur class, all of them, is talking about creativity.
1: Mm-hmm. It, 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 I know it, you're it, big on the what if question as well, asking what if.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Which is a great creativity starter.
2: Yeah, it, it, it. and then one of the things that I do in the entrepreneur in the entrepreneur creativity class is that I have them look at all the tools that you have to access the creative process, and you know, one of is one of them. You know, that whole notion of uh, reverse engineering is my favorite. Right. Tear it apart. My poor kids. I had three children, and they would all tell you. They never got a toy that was was together. All of <laughs> You them took everything apart. apart, right? Oh yeah, I wanted to yeah. see how they worked. Yeah. I'm like, I have a Teddy Ruxpin that my daughter always shows everybody. He goes, this is what my dad gave me for Christmas. Look at that. He had a, a frontal lobotomy. My dad literally cut the front of his head open before he gave it to me so I could see how it worked.
1: Well, now she, can, now she can take her friends to Disney and show them the animatronics and say, yeah. <laughs> this is because my dad cut my Teddy Ruxpin open. He now builds stuff for Disney. So Exactly. Yeah. What What's the main – we've got a few minutes left here. What's the difference between creativity and innovation? I think we all have definitions, but uh, yeah, you know, they're used yeah. interchangeably a lot of times. But how would you describe the difference?
2: Yeah. I say that creativity is the generation of ideas. And I say innovation is implementing or pro- probably implementing those ideas. Right. and so Bringing them to marketplace. To, yeah. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to take an idea. See, one of the things that I I go, I I create my own Maslow chart, and I just say, okay, at the bottom of the chart is what I call heartbeat ideas. Everybody is having a heartbeat idea. I think I'll paint that wall purple. I think I'm going to go out to dinner tonight. I think I'm going to go out with her. You know, they're all heartbeat ideas. Those are creative ideas that you're having. But they're, in, they're, they're not going to really change the world. They might change your life, but they're not going to change the world. Now, in my Maslow chart, I move up a little bit, and I go, then there's some, some, some ideas that really can, can make a difference. But the very tip of that, that chart, you know, when it comes to the point at the top, those are, those are game changers. Those are like the iPhone. You know, that was right. a game changer. Sure. Uh, when, when you get to that level, that's what you're shooting for. But if I can just get you out of a heartbeat idea into the significant ideas, then, then we've got you working in, in a different, different level of sophistication than you were before. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing, is to try to get you up there. And then ideally, if we're lucky, you'll, you'll make a contribution to the world. It could change the world.
1: And I, and I think that all comes back to what you said earlier is do something that you would do when you were a child and you were being called to uh, you know to dinner, or whatever do what you love. Yeah. oh you
2: know, that's yeah. very important oh, uh, yeah and 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 I think you know somebody asked me once what what what's success to you? And I said, oh to me, to me is that if you get up in the morning and you and you get to do what you love to do, and somebody actually will pay you to do it you won the lottery Isn't and, that great and, boy, yeah boy yeah and and that's what i i think that's success that's how i define it now i know that everybody has their own definition of it but if you push me into the corner that's what i think it is and and i think it's important to find out what it is that, that you love to do and then find a way creatively to do that and you know in your life your, your life is, is a series of creative adventures, it, and, and you're going to define how they're going to work out. I mean, it's the chances that you're going to take. And, and Life Formations was the biggest gamble I ever took. I took a lot of different gambles, but that one, that one everybody looked at me and goes, you, You're going to build ropes that look <laughs> lifelike? Yeah. People buy that? I won an award once, Michael, for uh, entrepreneur, for the Ernst Young Entrepreneur. Whatever that is. And they asked me this question. They said, What's the first thing that you think of in the morning as an entrepreneur? And I'm sure that I rattled them with the answer. I said, Who buys this stuff? You know, <laughs> because I'm really building very, I mean, the audience for, that, builds, that, that buy animatronic characters is really pretty small. Right. It's not
1: very big at all. And, you know, but, the, but gonna, the audience that sees it is huge. Oh, oh, absolutely! You know, you've got a Disney million. and Universal buying that, but how many millions of people see those yeah. things each? Uh, but,
2: but the each buyers week. are tough to find. I went into the restaurant business, and that's even goofier. You know, that's that, talk about a, an experience.
1: That's large audience,
2: yeah. uh, small margins, you know, and that's that's
1: that's a tough one. And so we'll, we'll have situation. to talk about the restaurant next time because that's a great story too <laughs> how you built a restaurant just because you wanted to you wanted to have the experience of doing it and you built everything from scratch exactly. you're, you're a fascinating person gene and uh, thanks again for taking the time well, to come so out you. well thanks <laughs> thanks a lot we'll have you back on to talk more because uh, you've got a lot to share i know that and, and you really just are a a fascinating person who's done a lot, and and you've been a success. You've you've had fun every day. I think so.
2: I appreciate the yeah.
1: opportunity, Michael. Good well,
2: seeing
1: you. Yeah, I'm good time having you next semester. Hey, thanks a lot, and okay. uh, thanks right. a lot for listening to another episode of Innovates. Until next time, stay curious.
0: Thanks for listening to the Innovates Podcast featuring speaker and innovation expert, Michael Mode. Make sure to check back on the 8s. We will post new episodes of Innovates on the 8th, 18th, and 28th of the month. The Innovates Podcast is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. For more information about Michael Mode and his corporate speaking and consulting services, please visit Innovates.com. That's I-N-N-O-V-E-I-G-H-T-S.com or BigLightBulb.com. This is a previously recorded episode.